Hello and welcome to the Personal Development School podcast. I'm your host, Thais Gibson, and I create regular podcast episodes to teach you about your relationships, attachment style, and the subconscious mind. My goal of this podcast is to give you tools and awareness you need to thrive in your relationships, feel deeply connected, and find harmony and fulfillment in your relationships and personal life. So I hope you tune in here with me each and every week. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about five toxic things parents may say that can contribute to anxious, preoccupied attachment style. So quick disclaimer, this is not blaming parents. This is not saying, you know, these are parents that are toxic overall. These are things that parents may do in their communication that, you know, so many individuals as parents do not have emotional literacy. We're not taught these things in school. We definitely usually don't learn about attachment trauma. I know my first experience of learning about attachment theory was literally in my undergraduate program in psychology. And like, we don't get a lot of this information on a regular basis, but what this video will aim to do is bring a lot of awareness to parents um, in terms of how they communicate and also bring awareness to um, children of parents who may have communicated this way. So adults now, but who went through some of these patterns to help you just understand different roots of like what subconscious patterns you learned about how we relate to others, how communication and relationship between one another works. Um, this will help you sort of target core things that you can work on unwinding if you want to create shifts and changes. So the very first thing, and I think this is something so interesting to be aware of is fostering dependency. And this is like in communication specifically. So sometimes a parent, because they can be so nurturing with their child, but then inconsistent because of everyday events or life, sometimes they can create too high of expectations from their children without consistently delivering and without encouraging the child to also be there for themselves. So an example of this could be something like, I'll always be here for you, but not saying things like, I'm here for you, but I also believe in you. You can do this as well, you know, or, you know, I'll be here to support you and you can do this. I, I, you know, I'm going to encourage you to try. And sometimes if it's always, I'll be here, I'll be the one to be here for you. I'll have your back. It's okay. I'm here to nurture you. If there's always that dynamic, sometimes the child doesn't actually learn to sort of like spread their own wings, so to speak. So they don't learn the, the essential belief that gets built about that they can do it too, that, and, and they essentially over rely on other people. If there's a lot of that communication delivery that takes place, which accidentally, even though parents just trying to show up so well and be supportive and loving can accidentally create too much dependency on the caregiver and prevent that individual at a young age from believing that they can go out and try things in relationship to themselves as well and self-soothe and be there for themselves and have their own back sort of thing. So this is really important in terms of how we deliver our communication. Um, by the way, if you want to do a deep dive into all this stuff too, we have a conscious parenting course and it has all the key tools for parenting in order to help you become a in order for you to parent in a securely attached way so that your child can become securely attached um, and a great resource if you're thinking about becoming a parent um, in the future, these sorts of things, as well as um, an overcoming anxiety course. If you feel like you are anxiously attached and you find a lot of anxiety taking place in your relationships in everyday life, and you can check those both out for free um, by clicking the link in the description box below. Um, it's free for seven days and you can for sure get through at least one course in seven days. Um, so check it out. I hope you enjoy. Um, number two, incongruency. So this can be a big thing where it, it fosters this sense of abandonment. So things like, oh, I'll be there right after school. Um, you know, I, I won't be a minute late and saying things like that, but then not actually being able to follow up in actions. And even if you're 10 minutes late and you're like, oh, it's not a big deal. 
if you told your child, oh, I'm not going to be more than a minute late, I'll be right on time. Or if we create expectations that we're unable to follow through with, especially for somebody who's already developing anxious, preoccupied patterns, that type of communication where there's high expectations. And then especially if those expectations are so strong, you may only be able to hit 90% of the expectations, but that 10% of incongruency or inconsistency can actually create this sense of like, I'm let down and, and sort of feel abandoned as a child. So the way we communicate and actually manage expectations is really important at an early age. And it wouldn't have to be something like, I'll, I'll not be a minute late. It could just be something like, I'm going to do my best to be there as close to on time as I can. You know, I really care about you. And I know you'd be okay if you have to be waiting for five minutes because you're strong, you know, things like that. So we're validating that we care, that we want to be there, but we're also managing the child's expectations and validating their own ability to take care of themselves. Um, number three, phrases that promote people pleasing or encourage people pleasing in a child, because think of like the anxious preoccupied core wounds. They have to do with not being good enough. They have to do with fear of rejection. So if there's, if there are things that promote people pleasing, like what would your teacher think about you? You better go X, Y, Z, you know, these sorts of things where it's teaching a child accidentally to overly focus on what other people's opinions are around them. Now saying that once or twice, isn't a big deal, right? It, you know, the healthier version, if you wanted to be really specific, could be something like, hey, I understand what you're feeling and what your needs are, but try to imagine what your teacher might must feel in the situation and, and what they might need from you as well. So more like fostering communication about empathy and understanding how relationships interact with each other rather than what would your teacher think about you? You know, because that type of dynamic teaches people to overly focus on perceptions of others as opposed to empathy and connection. Um, but, you know, saying that here and there isn't a big deal. It's when this becomes a perpetual and pervasive theme in a child's life, that then they learn to overly focus on opinions outside of them and disconnect from their own feelings and needs as a byproduct, right? It's like, we can't be focused on both those things simultaneously. So overemphasis on one and underemphasis on the other can create some of that people-pleasing dynamic, which definitely is a contributor to anxious preoccupied attachment style. Number four, comparison communication. So a lot of like, oh, how did Suzanne do on the test? And, and how did so-and-so do? And oh, well, you didn't do as well as them. Or, oh, look at how well they're doing in this sport. And, you know, you didn't really show up in the same way. And look at, oh, look at your neighbor down the street, right? Like a lot of that dynamic um, will create more of that, like not good enough, rejected. Um, sometimes when a child's not getting some of that admiration and, and care and love, they'll feel like, oh my gosh, I'm like emotionally abandoned. My parent doesn't want me. I'm unloved. You know, so, so again, doing that once in a blue moon, not necessarily a big deal doing this all the time. This is where some of those pain points are. And by the way, like if you want to do a deeper dive into some of this, let me know in the comments below, if you are a parent and you want to hear it, like if you've already been doing this as a parent and not knowing, like it's just, it was your programming. It was how you were parented. And then this was sort of brought down um, and just sort of passed down on autopilot. This is how you communicated. And you want to like go back and help your child sort of reprogram. Let me know in the comments below too. And I can do a little series in there. The conscious parenting course is a lot of that stuff too, though. Um, number five, withdrawing love when a parent is upset. So, you know, not saying something like, Hey, here's a mistake. We have to take accountability and responsibility. What can we do to do that? 
Um, why did we make the mistake? Let's try to focus on the root cause and not do that again. But as a, but instead something like there's no communication about needs or root causes, or there's no mercy essentially in, in the communication. Not that the parent doesn't have mercy as a whole, but something like, I'm so disappointed you did that. That's embarrassing. That's bad. You're bad. You know, go to timeout, you know, these sorts of like sharp judgments followed by punishment and then withdrawing as opposed to um, some kind of like communication about it. Let's unpack this. Let's figure out what happened. Let's figure out how we can take responsibility moving forward. This isn't okay. You know, and really like facilitating that type of conversation and communication. So these are five important things to be aware of. Um, if you are a parent, if you were a child, which everybody was once um, and want to understand some of these different patterns and causes, and then if you want to do a deeper dive into undoing some of these things, let me know in the comments below and I can do some follow-up content about that as well. 